As sentient beings, we find ourselves thrown into a world that inflicts immense pain and suffering. So having the option of a graceful exit should be seen as a basic, universal human right. Since our existence is better to never have been, we should all have the right to die. Welcome to the Right to No Longer Exist, a Right to Die podcast, featuring your hosts, Danny, Kevin, and Amanda. In this show, we attempt to change the perception of society's views of voluntary euthanasia and what true autonomy could look like. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Right to No Longer Exist, the Right to Die podcast. I am here joined with Amanda and Danny and we are on episode four. Today, we're going to talk about a very, very important subject regarding uh, mentally ill um, and the issues with that and basically a big taboo um, that's been created about not allowing them to have any choice whatsoever about how they want to live their life, much less exit life. Um, so how are you guys doing? We're doing fantastic. We're ready to go. Yep, not too bad, all things considered. <laughs> Happy to be here. Great. Um, what we have found is a blog that we'd like to read, um, which is just completely just very powerful, very strong, interesting article that um, hits home and basically nails a lot of the points that um, are regarding this um, issue. Um and the first person I think that was going to start reading this one was, I forgot. So who was it? I forget. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it was Danny. Danny was going to start us off. We're going to, we're going to take turns reading uh, this piece. We might, we might stop and have some fun in between talking about it. Uh, but yeah, we're going to take some turns reading it and hopefully you guys, um, hopefully this is powerful because it's really is important. The name of the article is The Lack of Clarity of Thought Argument. Um, and it's basically going through all the different reasons for the arguments for people claiming that mentally disabled people um, just clearly don't have a lack of the clarity of thought, have a lack of ability to determine their own suffering. Um, and they, uh, we combat that. So I think Danny's uh, our first... Um, one to read so if you feel free go for it everybody yeah this is a brilliant uh piece of work and it definitely needs to be noticed and we will send the, the link below you know after all this is edited but anyway okay this is the first paragraph <clears throat> the basis of all opposition to euthanasia for the mentally ill in the field of medicine is the misguided assumption that the mentally ill who wish to be euthanized are always lacking in clarity of thought needed to be able to make informed rational decisions when they express wishes to be euthanized to the end to end the reoccurrent intolerable pain that they endure because of the mental illnesses, because of their mental illnesses. The words clinicians and world governments which forbid euthanasia to the mentally ill argue that it is never appropriate to euthanize the mentally ill because the state of emotional distress and they may be 
they or the state of emotional distress they may be in when experiencing death wishes makes them mentally incompetent to make rational informed decisions about their life however those of us who favor euthanasia for the mentally ill are not swayed by this argument after all we take into account the level of suffering to those who wish to be euthanized rather than their mere thinking ability therefore this leads to the question this leads us to the the following question are the death wishes that an individual expresses from emotional suffering a justifiable reason to force that individual into compulsory treatment and intervention do those or those who oppose euthanasia for the mentally ill would likely answer this question with a resounding yes <clears throat> after all they behave or they believe that the individual in this situation is mentally handicapped and the in their decision making process and they would claim that their condition is treatable pointing at all the treatment methods that have been developed to date to treat mental health issues those of us who favor euthanasia for the mentally ill however have other considerations for example we take into account that there are many individuals who have a treatment resistant mental illness while also acknowledging that no treatment method available for mental illnesses is 100% effective for 100% of consumers this leaves us with the, with a significant population of individuals with mental illnesses who do not benefit from these treatment methods who therefore experience death wishes because they suffer from chronic and intolerable pain due to their unbearable struggle with mental illness thus diminishing the validity of the argument against euthanasia that such conditions are treatable the, this raises another important question can the experience of chronic and intolerable suffering of a mentally Ill, Ill individual be a justification to favor euthanasia to end the suffering? <clears throat> Those who oppose euthanasia for the mentally ill would likely answer this question with a resounding no. After all, they ultimately favor and prioritize life preservation over pain extinction and therefore favor life imposition over freedom of choice i love that between life and death those of us who favor euthanasia for the mentally ill however find this agenda to be deeply troubling at its core it is life centered rather than patient centered this mentally this mentality in turn neglects important aspects of the suffering of the suffering that those with with 
refractory mental illnesses experience and raise important concerns about current medical practices worldwide, which deny euthanasia to the mentally ill, and the validity and ethics of the lack of clarity of thought argument as the standard pretext to encourage these practices. What a mouthful. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's an amazing article or section. Like it points out so much about. I just love how it's taught. It's 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 going against the claims that so many people say that you'll get better. Try different treatments. Have you not tried all any treatments? You're gonna get better. What if you got better? And like some people can get better, and that's great. But a whole heck of a lot of people don't. And people try all kinds of options and treatments and this and that, and they end up struggling just the same as they did from day one and uh so th to be treated in such an insulting way yeah is is, is sad because uh that they that they don't have the ability to think correctly about what's going on and you could argue yeah different scenarios regarding some hallucinatory type illnesses but um at the same time pain is pain uh, <laughs> yeah what do you guys think? Um, yeah, I love what he has written so far, and you make a great point. You know, you know the mentally ill, the men, those who suffer mentally and those who suffer physically are segregated. You know, uh, if you are, let's say, dying or suffering physically, that might change your perspective from wanting to live to wanting to die but you're not considered unsound of mind if you want to die because you are suffering physically. But if you are suffering mentally, you're automatically out of the game. You're automatically considered unsound of mind. The point is suffering is suffering. Whether it comes from the brain or the skin, it should be treated equally. Yeah, I think it's a really important distinction that they've pointed out between, you know, being life-centered and patient-centered, where it's like, after a while, these people are basically more, you know, they're not, uh, they're not at all within the person that's suffering's court at all. They're, they're, they're more in favor of the suffering going on than the solution to the suffering, unless the solution to the suffering happens to be their solution that, uh, you know, they have this expectation, you know, should never run out. Like there's, it's just absolutely cruel to expect people to continually subject themselves to, you know, in, in what sometimes results to being decades of therapies and different medications and side effects. And, um, you know, there's so many people that it's just, that's the expectation forever, you know? Um, and the fact that we have so little ability to, um, negotiate for ourselves, uh, especially after, you know, we've run the mile, you know, we've, we've done all this, we've done all these treatments over and over and over again. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it, at some point it, it, it's, well, I'm just saying it's devastating how, how little the focus really is on the person involved. And, um, yeah, I, I don't think enough people point, point that out enough. Yeah. Yeah, it's this, it's this hear no evil, see no evil thing. Just sweep it under the rug, you know, just 
drug them up, stick them in a corner some of a room somewhere, and it it doesn't exist. People really don't like to real like see the real face of suffering, you know. And someone with mental illness kind of really does display like the real dark side of life, and you know, because they display it in a way or say it in a way or however their whatever their condition is, it, it, that's that's disturbing. You know, it is it is anybody, even if it's just really depressed. <laughs> people have empathy and stuff but when people are struggling in other ways that are unique or whatever it's like people are really awful at treating those people as lesser humans than equals which they should yeah the fact that you know therapy has increased and the suicide rate has gone up 33 percent in america from 1999 to 2000 19 is evidence that you know therapy is not that effective towards when it comes to people who want to die who want out but it can be effective for those who want therapy the thing is should you be should therapy be imposed upon the individual and i don't think it should i think therapy should be a choice as well as euthanasia and you know well, it absolutely shouldn't be imposed indefinitely. And that's that's the really cruel bit to me is that there's 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 never a bottom to that well <laughs> that they expect you to jump in. You know, one thing doesn't work. Well, it's kind of your fault and you have to jump to the next thing and you have to jump to the next thing after that. And, you can, and it, it can never, but it can never be this. It can never be a way out. Because, yeah. And at the end of the day, often it's because the way out affects them too harshly then supposedly it would it would affect you like it means too it, it's too devastating to their concept of life and getting better you know like if you if you rip that mask off of what the medical industry can do to treat whatever may befall a person if you show people that truth um and that perhaps the only way out really is the way out <laughs> of of the disorder or whatever the half person has to be dealing with well that's at a cost to them then it starts being then it starts being about what the mentally ill person is taking away from the well and that's one of the really the, the most sick parts of this i think is that it's it becomes about like my right my desire to have access to euthanasia ends up somehow hurting those that don't want that possibility to ever exist because it you know hurts the delusion of theirs about what life is and what living is and what sustaining that for decades and decades and decades while suffering means and that's that's just not fair yeah thanks great great point i mean it's, it's insulting too to them and exhausting to the patient when they're just even they'll grasping for straws when they're asking like okay well we haven't tried this med didn't work that med didn't work or whatever whatever have you tried talk therapy <laughs> and it's like what you, just to talk to someone you really think that's going to heal the permanent chemical imbalances that are going on in my brain or whatever the situations are i mean clearly some of these situations are just permanent issues yeah. um, oh sorry oh go ahead <laughs> you know everything has a physical causality it's like emotional suffering has a physical causality 
And the brain cannot tell the difference between emotional, psychological, and physical suffering, even though it feels different to us, you know, it, it's pretty much, you know, the brain is in a state of being alarmed. And I just, you know, the psychiatric community is basically a revolving door. It's like you, you go in, you're still not fixed. They, well, have you tried this? Have you tried that? Have you tried this? And they give this, this slew of things that you can try, which you probably know won't work or won't mitigate anything. And it's like, I don't know. It's, it just seems like a, the grind is just seems terrifying, you know, spending decades of trying things that will never work. And I guess that's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. I mean, it's like it's it's, an, it's insane the nightmare that we have the human history of human behavior has gone through and had to endure by people that assume all kinds of things about the mentally ill or whatever. Just they take advantage of that and exploit that as a power grab and abuse them like just people with seizures right like we know now it's just epilepsy you take some meds and even if you have seizures we know what's going on there's nothing the devil it hasn't taken control of you this is like stuff people used to believe and they would like take just someone with simple epilepsy and just you're now like thrown into a basement treated like you know someone else that's severely bad and now they're being traumatized by other people's mental conditions and it's just this big war and it's just a sludge war of just issues 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 you know no one's getting better everyone's just being like continuously traumatized even more because in history they would just like keep them all in just one big room you know and uh they're like just just you know don't jump out the window is, is all they really would kind of it's just insulting and sad and i mean gosh i just can't get over the history of 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 the effects of mental illness and how we've failed so hard at treating treating them it, it happens now even in some parts of the world i mean you know if, it, if a kid is born deaf you know it, it's not necessarily uh, uh diagnosed the right way their orphanage is where that's you know that in parts of the world like that's they end up making the people mentally ill because uh, such an incredible lack of care is applied to perfectly treatable livable issues um it, it's it's terrible yeah it's horrible yeah it's like you know what problems will the mentally ill have if they cease to exist, if they have a graceful exit, <clears throat> all of their problems will be solved. And I don't see that as an irrational thing at all. You know, some people would rather have that than to go through years of therapy, counseling, and all this stuff. So I think, yeah, it should be a personal choice. Absolutely. I mean, and they, they get to the point where they just tie them down in, in a, in a bed with chains, you know, like they're, they're being tre treated like a criminal that has committed a crime, but they haven't committed any crime. They're an innocent of being a victim to the crime of their own mental state. 
but out in the outside world and society, we've always treated them like as if they've committed a crime. You know, you act up and we're going to chain you to the bed and, you know, stick morphine in you to shut you up. And uh, like, geez, you didn't even think about the consideration about like how decades of that can traumatize a person. Yeah, it's ugly. Um, but if any you guys have anything else to say, we can continue. But I like uh, our rants. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just it's right now, I think. yeah, no, you're fine. Um, it's traumatizing just, you know, based on the fact that we don't have the freedom to leave. It's like, you know, we always have to be, we're, you know, the mentally ill are basically put on trial and deemed insane. They're, I'm probably saying the same thing. I uh, can edit this out, but. Ah, that's fine. That's great. Um, Amanda, do you want to, were you chiming in? Want to say something? Oh, there? no, I, I, I just wanted to say that I, I pretty much said my piece and okay. uh, I'm ready to move on. <laughs> okay. If you guys, only if you guys are though. Sure. Yeah. I think the next part is me. I'm the lucky one um, that gets to read the next section. Uh, apologize in advance. This part's called lack of clarity of thought, scientifically sound argument or gaslighting strategy. Um, in order to evaluate the validity of the lack of clarity of thought argument against euthanasia for the mentally ill, we decided to use evidence against it straight from the horse's mouth to see how that argument would hold out. To do this, we will use the testimony of an individual with refractory mental illness who wishes to be euthanized. They will use the name Mary, tell the story, and explain why they went, uh, they want to be euthanized. Quote, my mental illness has made it extremely difficult for me to have a tolerable life and for me to be able to advance through it smoothly. I struggle with developmental disorders that make an inept and make me inept in social situations and make it hard for me to make friends or even land a committed relationship with somebody. People think I'm stupid or that I'm creepy and petty, so they push me away without even thinking about it. I get rejected like this on a regular basis, and every instance of this rejection feels bad, especially when I see other people getting together as friends, or when I see two people holding hands, staring passionately at each other, or making out. My developmental disorders also make it hard for me to do well in high-demand classes or jobs, which means that I'm prone to be stuck in low-end jobs, as I've been for a decade after I was supposed to graduate from college. I'm 33 years old right now, and I'm still dependent on my aging parents for financial support. I also struggle with a personality disorder, which makes me very, um, feel very, oh, sorry, makes me feel overtly attached to people who I think show an ounce of interest in me or for them to lose that interest when I cling to them. People push me away in those instances, and I cannot begin to tell you how much pain I feel when that happens. It's a stabbing pain I would not wish for my, on my worst enemy. This personality disorder makes it a painful struggle for me to tolerate being rejected as it makes a, it a painful struggle for me to tolerate being alone, thus making me very prone to becoming very emotionally dependent on the approval, acknowledgement, and support from people of interest, none of whom are interested in me to begin with. I've taken it upon myself to get help for these issues, but by having gone to talk therapy and by having taken prescription medications for well over a decade, and these issues I'm facing from my mental health issues persist. 
there are neither pills nor is there a cure for personality disorder like P, uh, BPD or CPTSD. There is DBT, but the problem with it, first of all, is that it's expensive and I simply can't afford a single sec session with what uh, little I earn. Psychologytoday.com is full of practitioners who don't take insurance and whose session feels or session fees are exorbitant and no facility in my city that offers dbt takes medicare or any other insurance and even if i could afford dbt it would take um, very hard work and months if not years to yield results i'm having the exact same problem with my treatment of the developmental trauma all of this makes matters all the worse considering that my pain coping threshold has been far surpassed for years also no skills that i've learned in therapy um have helped me to make the issues I get from my developmental and personality disorders be at least tolerable. Like this was not enough, I also struggle with bipolar disorder, which makes me feel like my skull is cracking open when I'm off my lutada, lutada, lutuda for, for too long. Or like I'm in a suffocating daze when it's kicking in. Or like I have no energy to do anything at all and my body is petrified by an overwhelming depression into an ocean of despair even when I'm on the pill while going um, while gaining enormous enormous amounts of weight as um, and this begs the question why can't medication developers make medications so that they don't cause all these problems why do they have to make shitty medications that supposedly treat men mental illness but cause a bunch of other problems to your body um, it hits me to realize how far back my brain has held me in life, despite my efforts to move forward. Most of the serious problems I'm faced with right now come from some dysfunction and distressful signal from my brain that causes me some kind of suffering that has the potential to rip, to ripple into more suffering if I don't have the edge or know-how to cope with these mental Ill issues in ways that don't cause more problems in my life. Like I said before, I've gone to therapy and have had medications for over a decade to resolve these issues, but those approaches and treatments haven't been enough to keep me from having serious problems that are related to the issues that I'm seeking treatment for to begin with. Uh, all of these, all these things are a shit ton of issues to deal with. The social ineptitude, the compulsive clinginess, the rejection and ostracism from mainstream society, the painful biochemical imbalances, and the nauseating trial and error of medication are all heavy layers of pain that have sat on a vulnerable psyche that lives in agony by not being able to hold their weight, but having to do so anyway. That's too much. And it has been way too fucking much for way too fucking long. So I'm done. I'm sick of living this sad and sorry life I'm stuck in. So I want to be euthanized. And I know that is that it would take a toll on my family if that were to happen. They'd fall into torment and despair, and they would struggle to come to terms with the fact that I've been gone for good, that I'd be gone for good. And they would go through anger, sadness, and other painful emotions as they struggle to process my death. They would be angry that I left them and they would be sad all that all the good things that could have happened in my life never did. So yes, I acknowledge that 
it would have a negative impact on some people if I were to be euthanized. But what about me? And what about my dignity? This mental illness has caused me to experience more pain and suffering than I can cope with. And it's been that way for years. I've been very dis disenfranchised by many people as it is because of my mental illness and the behavioral issues that surge from it for years. So why should any of these people have a say on whether or not I should live? Should I remain alive because other people think I should or because other people want me want me to despite the suffering I endure because of my mental illness? These people don't necessarily understand the suffering I'm going through and they're not in the ones um, they're not the ones having to deal with what I have to deal with living a life of torment that I do not want to live because other people want me to, and because they only want to focus on the good in my life and diminish the bad that has made it so unbearable does not sound like a very good reasonable game to me. It does not sound very considerate of me or my dignity. And it is old fashioned thinker. Uh, it is old-fashioned thinking altogether like the times when a person had a career path or a spouse chosen for them by their parents or something of higher authority this is the 21st century now an age of self-determination so if i'm able to be alive it should be because i want to and not because i feel good and comfortable in doing so unquote um most clinicians now, this is um, the author talking. Most clinicians would draw the conclusion that Mary, in this particular instance, is lacking in clarity of thought because she is expressing, expressing death wishes. However, it is an obvious fact that the person who is truly incapable of thinking clearly cannot put two and two together. They wouldn't be able to make sense of complex situations or to explain them in a way that Mary does here. She does this with profound clarity of thought and clarity of understanding of her situation, her role in it, the roles of others, and she demonstrates a clear understanding of what she would need to do to recover and the roadblocks she's endured for this recovery to take place. She also has a clear understanding of the implications of her actions on other people. This, instant, this instance of clarity of thought in the midst of profound psychological distress gives way to often an overlooking fact in the um, treatment of the mental illness. I'll repeat that. This instance of clarity of thought in the midst of profound psychological distress gives way to an often overlooked fact in the treatment of mental illness. Not everyone with mental illness who expresses death wishes is lacking in clarity of thought. I'll repeat that. Not everyone with mental illness who expresses death wishes is lacking in clarity of thought. To assume that Mary is lacking in clarity of thought for expressing death wishes in her circumstances that she is in, and to deny her a euthanasia procedure on those grounds denotes an inadequate understanding and poor insight into the issues at play um, in people with mental illness who express death wishes in general, often ignoring the fact that intense pain rather than an, than an ability, inability to think clearly is the driving force behind many instances where the mental, mentally ill express death wishes. Furthermore, because the number one priority of many anti-euthanasia clinicians and world governments is to preserve the lives of the mentally ill who wish to be euthanized, even if it is against their will. 
it is fair to say that their use of the lack of clarity of thought argument to discourage the death wishes that someone with mental illness expresses an instance where emotional pain is the cause of said wishes is a gaslighting strategy to coax them and sometimes coerce them into living, especially when one considers the zealous nature of their life preservationist agenda, which deems life the only valid choice for death wishing mentally ill individuals that they oppress. This in turn involves a variety of ethical issues as we listed below. So little um, testimonial from somebody struggling and clearly they have a clarity of their thinking and rational decision-making um, on what they want to do with their life and that they get to make the call on when enough is enough. And they even recognize that they will cause pain to the other family members, but that's just life. This is the harsh reality of the world we live in is even exiting life. You're not going to not hurt somebody. There's going to be risks and dangers even getting out of life. But, the, but one of the major problems to me is that life has existed in the first place. If this Mary lady was not born, none of this would have ever happened. And that would have been a good thing. But instead, we're all, we see Mary struggling. She's alive. We want her to succeed. I get it. But if she's clearly not, and she's telling us that, hey, this is how I feel. I'm at this point. That has to just be respected, you know, that it just has to be something that we give an option to, if even a very last step, be, you know, after she's tried other methods. Um, so, yeah, um, interesting testimony. What do you guys think about that? You know, yeah, I mean, I really feel for this person. And the fact is, people who are different are treated like utter garbage by society and i think that's why people with like autism or any kind of other de developmental delays you know they're treated like shit nobody wants to be around them. nobody everybody pushes them away and i think in large part that causes the mental illnesses and it's so crazy that we live in a society where you know if you have a poor genetic, so to speak, you know, uh, you know, you're treated like you don't matter, but the system says that you do matter, but they don't really treat you like you matter either because they want, they, they, they are not willing to give you the right to die. Okay. Yeah. Well, my, I mean, what can I say? I mean, my heart, first of all, you know, goes out to this person. I mean, the, the, the number of different challenges that they have stacked on top of them is, uh, I mean, that's a huge burden. Um, and the fact that, you know, they're, they basically can't get anybody to listen to them or respect their, respect the clarity of their thought, which clearly they're, they have uh, pretty profound clarity of thought, honestly. Um, you know, it kind of reminds me of like, you know, in, in the medical, you know, just in, in terms of, you know, physical illnesses, like if you're a, if you're a, if you've been a smoker at any point in their life, they always attribute it to any illness that you might have to that, you know, even if you quit for a long period of time, uh, somehow everything else that's going on 
you know, can't possibly be anything else's fault. It's all, it all goes back to the smoking. And it's kind of similar to this in that, like, you know, if, if anything, you know, smelling of a, of a death wish is, uh, is involved in a person's, um, uh, you know, narrative of, of what's going on in their head, then immediately denied all treatment, you know, or not all treatment, but forced to under, well, exactly the opposite, forced to undergo, undergo whatever kind of crazy treatment plans these people come up with um, for as long as possible. And I just, you know, I can't imagine for some of these clinicians, it's a comfortable situation to be in because they have to know. They, they I mean, not everybody is that is, forcing patients into this position believes this you know by law and by uh all kinds of other social pressures and stuff people are forced to practice mental health medicine this way but it cannot possibly be um it's an insult to everybody's intelligence uh at the end of the day um because clearly you know, this person is not, is not a minority. There's, there's many people out there that can uh, accurately with great clarity demonstrate their desire to not keep doing this. And that position that we place clinicians in to always basically have to say, no, you have to keep running the treadmill. You have to keep pushing the Sisyphusian boulder up the goddamn hill because there's somehow no other uh, option, even when there is, uh, I'm sure f forces a lot of clinicians to not be able to do their job anymore. I mean, I, seriously, I, I uh, pushes them themselves to become suicidal. I have absolutely no doubt. Um, and it forces this person to have to take other methods. This person's problems aren't going to go away. You know what I mean? And, and she's just going to get older and it's going to get more intense and who knows what else. And so yeah, I mean, the real heartbreaking thing is like just contemplating what else this person is going to be driven to. If they can't get anything, you know, legally, maybe they don't have good right to die buddies who can, you know, uh, help them find some sort of humane DIY method or something. Well, it's going to be, you know, a series of socks thrown together to, you know, hang their hang herself with or taking a bunch of shit that might make her sick and might not kill her at all. Or who knows what this person is going to go, go through just because we don't have a functional civilization that recognizes that clearly she has command of her mind and she's the victim of an imposition somebody else forced her into and yeah it's just it's, it's devastating yeah excellent uh, yeah i totally agree it's it's sad really especially the social uh effects of of growing up and being i mean being bullied you know what i mean if you have any sort of illness at all i mean you're just target number one for being picked on messed with you know or or dating or you know like she mentioned you know dating someone is a struggle the whole just normal you know if you're normal so to speak you're um that's a hard road to drive anyway right there <laughs> much less without having severe limitations and disabilities to, to set you back and come and and like try to succeed in that regard too and it's like that's just sad to see too because you're just like oh man it's like like why you're forcing someone to, like a car with square wheels to drive a you know a road <laughs> with circle wheels that's all I, you know you can't everyone's got their own like 
way of thinking, even in a classroom, you don't even have to have like severe issues, you know, a classroom, everyone has different levels of learning and they, you know, we don't care. We're still like, Oh, this is the agenda though. Here you go. This is a curriculum and good luck keeping up, you know, <laughs> it's the same thing with life. You know, we're imposing, we're just saying, Hey, this is the way we like to do stuff and whatever, you know, get married, get a job and have kids. And that's, that's kind of the route. And if you can't do that, you're, you're a problem person, you know, <laughs> um, what the hell is that? And I don't know, side tangent there, but it's sick. And I totally agree that staff at hospitals have got to do be doing some conversations in the break room where they're just like, Oh my gosh, Billy, like, I wish we could just figure out a way to help Billy. I know, but I can't though, because we'll get in trouble legally. I know, I know. Maybe we could do some kind of wink, wink thing. And, you know, maybe there's been some wonderfully like amazing people, even though it's illegal, but we know this has probably happened. They were like able to help them gracefully exit by whatever it is they needed to. But that's the point. There's nothing wrong with that. They helped the person. It was a beautiful moment. That's what we disagree on is to us. That was a beautiful moment. And to society, that was murder. And first, you have to kind of argue, like, get your point across how that was a negative thing. It was a bad thing. Um, sorry, I'm just ranting, but <laughs> yeah, it makes sense at all. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. Uh, I also wanted to add that, you know, societal rejection is a trauma. And as a species, we are very picky on who we choose to be around. It's like the alphas, so to speak, they get to eat first. And people with any kind of differences will be outcasts. And it's a horrible fucking trait that the human species tends to have. And, you know, if you're going to be constantly rejected throughout your entire life, of course, you will be depressed. Of course, you're going to have trauma. Of course, you're going to want to kill yourself. And why wouldn't you want to end it? And then, you know, on top of that, you're, you, you are locked into this uh, medical industrial complex that says you should live. You matter. Well, you know, society is not proving that to the individual that they matter. So, so it'd be kind of hard for them to believe it. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Sorry, I didn't know that again. Oh, yeah, I totally agree completely. Um, but the next part, I think, was, uh, what is it, Amanda's turn, right? Ready it's to, ready to okay. go? I do believe I am. <laughs> Why... Why is the lack of clarity of thought argument against euthanasia a problem? Uh, these are a series of bullet points. It fails to address one of the most common factors that cause many with mental illness to experience suicidal ideation and leanings toward euthanasia in the first place. Pain, rather than mere inability to think clearly, is at the forefront of their death wish in some instances. The more that those with mental illness in these instances think doesn't always influence their death wishes, as do their coping pain tolerance thresholds being surpassed in a given situation, and sometimes for prolonged periods of time. People with refractory mental illness sometimes become suicidal because they are in pain, not, because, not necessarily because they cannot think clearly. 
it heavily discredits the ability of those with refractory mental illness who wish to be euthanized to make informed decisions. Many of these individuals have already done their part by seeking therapists and psychiatrists, picking up coping skills and uh, medications along the way and using every resource within their reach to achieve recovery over a very long time span before determining that none of these resources have been helpful to them uh, achieving a life where their lifelong mental illnesses are manageable and tolerable. Therefore, many of those with refractory mental illness lean towards euthanasia because the treatments they choose to undergo in the past were not helpful, not because they're incapable of making good decisions about how to deal with their mental health problems in the first place. It insults the intelligence of, uh, and rationale of those with refractory mental illness who wish to be euthanized, implying that their urge to end their pain through death is always because of faulty thinking rather than a genuine struggle to live through pain-inducing circumstances. It has overall negative connotations on the intelligence of, of, and thinking capacity of the mentally ill who wish to be euthanized, practically deeming uh, them to be stupid, crazy, or insane just because they want to end their lives through euthanasia. It dehumanizes the mentally ill who wish to be euthanized and invalidates their plight, neglecting and ignoring the reoccurring pain they endure, which leads them to suicidal thoughts and deeming it practically meaningless and less important than their own life being preserved and therefore not a valid enough factor to legitimize euthanasia to end the intolerable suffering caused by their mental illnesses. It also implies that the life preservation agenda of mental health regimes worldwide is more important than the will of the individual in a situation where the pain in their lives is intolerable. Excellent, excellent point. It neglects those with mental illness whose conditions are treatment resistant, leaving them out of options to end their intolerable pain and suffering and thus prolonging their suffering. It overlooks the relatively insightful understanding that many of those with refractory mental illnesses who wish to die may have about their mental illnesses. The myriad of ways in which these illnesses cause their suffering, usually for prolonged periods of time and pleth, pleth sorry, and the pleth, sorry, and the plethora of issues that these illnesses pose on their lives as a whole to a point where euthanasia is the only reasonable means to end their suffering once and for all. Contrary to popular belief, those with refractory mental, mental illness who wish to be euthanized are not necessarily lacking uh, in awareness of the consequences and implications of their actions as a baby who is eager to touch a red hot burning coal on a stove without knowing they will get burned. In fact, those with refractory mental illness can be just as capable of understanding the impact of their euthanasia on those around them in the same way as they understand the impact of their mental illness on their own lives. I mean, pretty much everything there, just golden. Um, should I read the conclusion or, or, or do we want to, uh, uh, whatever you guys want to do? Sure, go ahead. Okay. Conclusion. The lack of Sorry. Conclusion, the lack of clarity of thought argument that clinicians and world governments use to deny euthanasia of the mentally ill is a tool for oppression that practically forces the mentally ill who wish to be euthanized into continuing to live in pain-inducing circumstances that they have already expressed and have a marked difficulty in coping with and an inability to cope with further. This oppression from anti-euthanasia clinicians and world governments is always carried out under the misguided cookie-cutter assumptions that people with mental illness and their circumstances are always lacking in clarity of thought simply because they express death wishes. In reality, this 
isn't always true as illustrated by Mary's story. Furthermore, the lack of clarity of thought argument fails in this in that it places too much focus on the thinking ability of those with refractory mental illness with to be euthanized and neglects the intolerable pain, which leads them to express death wishes in the first place. It also discredits their thinking ability when making decisions about their situation with intolerable suffering, even in circumstances where they have already made the choice to get help in the face of mental and emotional distress. This argument also diminishes the validity of said duress as an understandable reason to justify the youth of euthanasia in eliminating a life that is mired in this kind of suffering. This argument places the life of the individual at ho in higher regard than the dignity and comfort and imposes the idea that this must be the right order of things and that any thought that deviates from this idea is scientifically and ethically incorrect. The lack of clarity of thought argument therefore has a hindering effect on the euthanasia wishing individual that it opposes because it dehumanizes them by placing their pain extinction at second order of business, thus exasperating their pain in the long run and by degrading their rationale uh, sorry, and by degrading their rationale in times of great distress, that is, in times when they need the most understanding, validation, and compassion. I mean, just so well written. Just Absolutely. so well written. Yeah. You know, you know, there's people who are considered sound of mind who I think do crazy stuff all the time. So, Absolutely. you know, uh, I don't know, have five kids when they can't afford them. Or for, for example, they're never questioned about that. But, you know, it should be, oh, I had a thought there. Uh, I'll give you an example of somebody who is unsound of mind. If they have the peaceful pill, but are still reaching for the bottle of Clorox bleach to drink, then yes, that shows a marked inability to make a rational decision in that moment, but they should still have the right to die. They should they should just be steered in the logical direction of when it comes to ending it. People shouldn't cling to like a cartoon idea of what a mentally ill person is. Like if people's idea of that all mental ill people are have this extreme lack of clarity of thought and can't think for themselves, like it's a it's a cartoon version of schizophrenia. Basically, is kind of what they're describing. Like 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 total psychotic episode schizophrenia. Like that does have like people are in like can be in that kind of state, you know, and 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 that, and that can be. Uh, I mean that can happen it's a, it's a real state that the human mind can get in but to even for people who are supposedly otherwise so woke about what mental illness is or how mentally ill people are the fact that when it comes to the idea of euthanasia they go back to this cartoon idea of what it is to have a mental have a mental illness is um it's just so disappointing because more often than not, of course, that person is not in that state because it's it's a by uh, by comparison, very rare place for the human mind to go. You know, I'm not saying even I'm not saying that those people in those states don't have a right to their own determination, but I'm just saying that 
you can't you can't rationally believe. I mean, it's 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 a failure of rationality testing to believe that all mentally ill people are 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 this are are just these you know vessels of 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 uh, collapsed reason. I mean, it just doesn't. It's not reality at all. But I mean, I think your point you made, Danny, is so important. I mean, there's there's plenty of failed rationality testing all over the place even people that aren't diagnosed with a mental illness I mean you know having multiple kids you can't afford is a great example or you know just the relationships people get into and um you know yeah oh yeah or even just insane ideologies and beliefs about gods or you know angels uh, angels and life and on yeah, I mean, I mean, you could just go down the list of the hundreds of things that people believe that they say are rational, but clearly aren't <laughs> at all, uh, you know, but why, why can't this just be on the table of conversation just the same as we talk about is QAnon rational or not rational? Like everyone's okay to have that conversation or whatever, you know, is this next war that we're about to do? good or bad whatever and ever and it's 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 insane to to you know to some people to go to war right like it's insanity but everyone's doing it under rational mind thinking you know we're doing this because of these reasons that are rational or they'll say is rational but why it's like yeah i'm just saying throw throw this why can't this be on the table too just this person screaming in pain in this room for decades saying i want to die why is their words not valuable enough to accept? And, you know, not, and also just to get off the mental issue, it, it's like even in a rational societal right to die, not putting that aside, where the methods that we would have for legalization would be a, a new complex, nuanced, specific, subjective scenario anyway. Like we would look at every individual case on a case-by-case basis and like danny was saying you know if the person's like this is the pill here but they grab the bleach instead we're gonna have to like figure out a different way to figure out how to, how to still give them that right but if someone's just like i'm depressed i've been depressed for 50 years i think i want to do it and but they're acting you know, normal then you know they probably like are treated in a different way i don't know exactly what i'm trying to say here but just the way we do it with a, a rational right to die would be a, for the mentally ill would be the, it would be the same application. It would just be slightly nuanced and, and treated in a different way, but still with the end goal of giving you the right to your own autonomy. That's the end goal. If that makes sense. <laughs> uh, you know, with the QAnon, it reminded me of uh, what happened in, uh, you know, last November. You know, hundreds of people, I think nearly a thousand people showed up at Dallas on the anniversary of um, JFK being assassinated, believing he will come down in spirit and proclaim that Trump won the election. So all these so-called normies <laughs> better rethink what rationality is. I mean, we elected Donald Trump. We went to Iraq. We did all these crazy fuck things throughout the, the history of, of human civilization. It's like uh, the insanity 
of how people behave is really frustrating <laughs> to say the least but the, the, but the sound of argument argument is not used when it applies to them i mean the only it's only used to apply to people who don't like life you know and yeah it's you see what's happening in the world of like yeah so slide that point in there yeah no it's a great point it's a great article i mean it, and and it just highlights so much issues in this whole the whole system and the whole idea of how to treat mentally ill people and the whole mental health you know behavioral health system needs to get completely reversed around and i mean even people going to therapists too like should be have the right to like talk about how they actually feel about death and dying instead of feeling like a threat like you know do we need to worry about you are you um, thinking of hurting yourself or others and if you say yes to that you're you know there's a whole procedure gone with that and that's it's just um sad it's sad and it's the same thing i'm I just i can't imagine i gotta go back to like just the, i can't imagine just the history of mental health institutions and, and how barbaric barbaric it was to build these buildings and house them and it, there's just a lot of evidence that um in history there and that they were treated so badly and just treated i mean just two people are watching a thousand people you know they can't you know two staff members are watching a thousand people something i read um but anyway yeah it's really sad and great article um you guys have anything else to add to that or yeah uh, very true um uh, i hope i didn't get too political i was just trying to just give it you know examples of the craziness of this world and what people consider rational and irrational you know yeah somehow, absolutely yeah somehow we get to dictate to, to the mentally handicapped that what is it what's rational and irrational to, to them you know but we gotta do our own crazy stuff on our drive you know drive home we gotta be uh worshiping you know joseph smith or whatever it is wacky stuff that we're people are into and no one's questioning them <laughs> um well i think it's time we turn the tables on what's considered normal and start and and start asking the questions you know is a sound of mind to believe that life is intrinsically good is a sound of mind to to deny these people the right to die when they're screwed anyway we are all screwed i mean we are all doomed by evolutionary design anyway so taking the shortcut to the void doesn't seem it doesn't seem wrong at all and i'm just you know people are so hung up on this issue and yeah we got to fight against it we got to use everything that we got you know we got to you know uh, reason with the preventionist reason with uh, the medical industrial complex reason with society so uh, oh man we've got a tough hill to climb God, i mean there's every age every time is an important time to 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 have done this and it's 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 just it's you know the point that always makes me 
so crazy. It's like we should be so past this already. You know, it's just it, it's just so sad that we're you know 2022 and we're still having to you know fight for all of this and we're still so backwards. Everything is still so backwards. Like you know, civilization is still so far from where it needs to be. And you know, we're well talking about getting political. I mean, now we're you know we're living in this time where you know someone like me is it going to be able to necessarily get an abortion if they need one and that's more that's more life that's here that's more that's more more people potentially who are going to need the right to die who didn't want to be put here in the first place and um you know medically it's like kind of similar it's like if you have a person in your practice that really needs the right to die you have to pretend like that's somehow (laughs) insanity and now people are going to be put in exactly the same situation of like, well, you need an abortion. Well, that's, that's insanity. That's crossing a line. That's, but you know, it's, it's just, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's a, a tangential point, but I kind of don't think so. I mean, it's, it's, it's another, another level of people being put in um, a, a life in position, you know, on the other end of things. And uh, that only increases the, the need for the right to die more if we're going to, if, if society is going to do this thing where it insists even further, even more than it has in the last 50 years on the creation of life. Um, yeah. Anyway, you can cut that out if you don't want it. Sorry. <laughs> just rambling. No, it's a great point. I mean, I, 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 you made a good one earlier with the sock thing. So I, I, I can't imagine how many DIY methods that the mentally ill folks have had to try to drum up. Yeah in 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 desperation to get out of life in these institutions or just in general in life not even the, the institutions just life i'm in a home that i you know i'm in a condition and a home and a situation that i can't stand because your brain doesn't leave you you know you, you could get a broken leg but in time you, you could get better it does get better with a broken leg maybe you know mm-hmm. most for the most part like for a lot of people like there's hope uh, whatever but I don't like that word, but you know, it's like, but for these conditions that are chronic and especially mentally situational where medication never has never worked, they've tried it and they've tried it. And I mean, you could even have a right to die system to where you have to go through all those loopholes, like fine, whatever, as long as we can get what we are asking, I'm okay with it. Like, fine, go, you have to go through this. You got to try this medicine. You got to see three therapists. I mean, it's not ideal at all. But if that's the case, and then, but in the end, though, we realize, okay, that's the, this is the scenario, like, let's give them what we want, it, then great, yeah. I would, that would be nice. But even then, honestly, it's not a right, it's just a, they're just like treating it like a carrot, yeah. a carrot that you have to chase, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'm not anti-psychiatry at all. I'm not anti-medication. If these things help people, they help, they've helped me at various points in my life. So I, I would be an ingrate to say, hey, the answer is to just get rid of all, all other options, only the right to die. Like I would never be in favor of that, you know, one or the other, like have all those things, great. But especially for the people that have had to go through decades of it already, the fucking pair of pants don't fit. Stop making me squeeze into them, you know? Yeah, that's a perfect point. Uh, yeah, it's like I'm not anti-psychiatry either. I mean, I take medication for anxiety and depression and, you know, uh, but it should be a choice. It shouldn't be an obligation. I mean, uh, the imposi- the imposers of life, 
you know, they get all the credit. And, you know, going back to the abortion argument, you know, we got two radical fundamental fundamentalist Catholics in the, in the Supreme Court who are against abortion because they believe in something that can't be proven. So how damn society, how dare society tell us what is sound of mind? Yeah, what, right. Yeah. It, it just really pisses me off. I'm sorry. It's just a, I oh, see I, Looney Tune shit going on everywhere. I know. Me, me too. And it, and it yeah. all it, call, it calls for us to get passionate and angry and furious and yeah. frustrated and say, fucking shit, well, what is going on in this insane world? Like we're forcing all, all these people to, to live and forcing them into existence and then blah it drives it. what other reaction should we have other than to be pissed off and furious yeah. and marching during a pandemic yeah <laughs> like it's during a time where like you know people are dying yeah horribly like suffering is not in a good place right now no. <laughs> wildly like yeah it's like you know uh you know life was imposed upon you you're going to die anyway so yeah don't don't talk to us about what's considered unsound of mind if that makes sense you know it's like i think we i think that whole term really needs to be redefined yeah or even just in the context of a right to die just doesn't even exist but you're, you're just whether you're terminal or not it doesn't matter what's your situation you know yeah. give us give us your plea you know let us what is it that you, why, you know, why do you want, uh, everyone's going to be treated differently. The 90 year old that is terminal and he's got two weeks left is going to be treated than, different than a 12 year old girl. That's just a boyfriend just dumped there. And, you know, there's nuances in, in all that, but yeah, it's like, yeah, sorry. no, I mean, well, well, no, I, I, I get, I think I get what you're saying. I mean, we're not talking about having a, a, a callous right to die approach where we're just throwing it we're not we're not we're not suggesting that it be the syrup on your pancakes in the morning like it, 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 you know we want it to be accessible but it's 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 not we're not saying that it has to be the only option because you know it's like you, you can't take an advil anymore because if you're in pain you just have to do the right to die and that's it you know we're not we're not a death cult like i'm sure people would love to believe that but that's not what the right to die that's all right to die advocacy is you know um yeah the both both can be happening at the same time you know treat, yeah. treatments towards getting better and when they don't get better solutions to that <laughs> i mean yeah. it's like me with medication with depression i've tried it since i was 16 and no no medication has ever worked for me ever just like um our article we read you know someone is uh, treatment resistant. Um, I forget the phrase. I think it's drug drug resistant to. Anyway, there's a certain percentage of people. It's twenty percent or something to people that they just don't respond to like SSRI depression medication or whatever. And, and I've tried all all kinds, and I've never felt one bit different, not one percent different ever. And uh, you know, but other friends they can take a small dose of whatever, and they're just like, oh my gosh, this is great. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, we wouldn't. We're not advocating for it to be sold next to the bubble gum at Seven Eleven. I mean, ugh, that wouldn't be rational or sound of mind. But they're definitely not doing it either <laughs> by forcing people to do tragic shit. 
Yeah, very true. It's, uh, you know, um, because of, as a consequence of not having the right to die, you know, there's going to be more hangings, more shootings, more, you know, overdosing on pills. I mean, it's, it's horrible. Yes, it is. Uh, I, so, I mean, this is, this topic is so important. I hope we just emphasize a lot of, um, these points that maybe a whole lot of people don't even think about or never even have thought about um you know they we just think treat them and keep them safe and keep them drugged up and do the best you can to keep them alive because you because you know mom's coming on saturday to visit so you know let's keep them around for that (laughs) you know and and meanwhile the person is living a a horrendous life and what we're we're keeping them around for just you know weekly visits or you know it's we got to be serious in these conversations about what life it really means and suffer what suffering really means. And they're asking for it. I mean, so if you ask for it, what, what is so bad about considering like help? We're just, we're just asking to help people. That's all our mission is here <laughs> is how do we, how can we help people um, have a more quality of life, not a quantity of life, you know, as the phrase goes. Um, but yeah, it's a great article and I hope you guys got something out of it. Do you guys have anything else to share before we head out? I just want to say, uh, thank you to this, uh, author for creating this wonderful blog and, and we will definitely share it in the link below and I hope, you know, people get something out of it. Yeah, uh, uh, it's euthanasia, euthanasiamentally.wixsite.com. I don't, I'm not sure. I don't think we, we may not have said that at the beginning, um, but I, I think it's some really important work that this person has done, putting these, uh, these thoughts together and these blog posts together. And uh, so I really want to thank them for that. And yeah, it was a pleasure going, you know, we, we, we kind of, I think, all read this a couple of months ago. And it's, uh, it's a pleasure today to revisit it. And uh, yeah, wonderful work. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you so much for writing that. So it opened my eyes, honestly, to a couple points where I was like, okay, wow, great. <laughs> um, but thanks for joining us and um, look out for more. We have um, guest or two lined up and uh, episode or two of just us talking trash. Even if you like those, I hope you do. Um, we also have uh, a surprise video of me doing some things out on the street but i'll keep it at that and uh it'll be fun we'll see it would be fun um danny's also working on a letter that's just amazing i read it last night it's a killer thing but um did i should i not tease that or should, do you care <laughs> it's actually going to wait. yes danny has a letter he's working on it should be done very shortly um and um yeah and I'm still grinding away at the website. I'll be up soon. Just sorry, guys. I got sucked into the nerdism of WordPress. <laughs> didn't I didn't know I did, but I did. It was a nightmare. So um, it'll be up soon. And uh, I think that's all the news for now. But um, look forward to a future podcast coming shortly for sure. We have a couple things lined up. Um, does that sound good to everybody? Sounds great. Sounds good to me. Great. Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it. Um, Find us on YouTube, Facebook, 
the rights no longer exist. Um, all your uh, podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts, it should be there. Um, and if not, uh, keep looking. <laughs> um, but thanks so much. Appreciate it, guys. And thanks again to the author that wrote this a topic that, that needs to be spread widely. Um, so take care. Thanks again. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. Take care. You have been listening to The Right to No Longer Exist, a Right to Die podcast. We hope that you have enjoyed your time and found the information valuable. Please visit us at therighttonolongerexist.com to learn more about our organization and mission statement. You can also follow us on all of the main social media platforms at The Right to No Longer Exist. There you will find links to our individual channels as well. If you would like to contact us directly, please email info at the right to no longer exist.com. Thank you for your time. And let's remember that during the time that it took to listen to this podcast, dozens, if not hundreds of people endured a horrific death by suicide. Let's fight together for a world where this doesn't happen anymore. See you next time on the right to no longer exist podcast. Podcast.